You're listening to the Storyteller Series from The Salvation Army. In the first series of this daily podcast, we'll be reading the 24 chapters of the book of Luke. It's our prayer as you study this account of the life of Jesus this Advent season, you'll wake up Christmas morning with a fresh perspective of who and why we celebrate Christmas. For more information or to share your questions and comments, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org. The book of Luke, chapter 1. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all of the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the parents to their children, disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you didn't believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, 
Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. And he has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. 
he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. So the angel appears uh, to Mary, and I love that in Scripture, uh, there's all these times where we see like an angel show up, and usually it's not like this quiet, kind of, you know, just gently kind of comes onto the scene, but it's like kind of a, a, a big, abrupt, people end up like on their faces, um, you know, begging God, they're down on their face, and there's a, this huge angel standing in front of them. Um, so I guess we look at Mary here, and uh, it's her. what's her response, you know, when the angel shows up? Yeah, she would be startled, mm -hmm. I'm sure. I mean, we don't see an angel every day. Startled. Right, his angels did, I don't, I don't believe that scripture presents angels looking like, um, figurines that like my grandma has right. on herself. Right. That would be odd if mm. I sh a bunch of those marched in the door, yeah. like, you know, 18 inches tall, all porcelain. Yeah. Angels, biblical angels, like divine angels are like powerful. They right, exude right. like all this sure. divine authority. Um, so it would rock my world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting then though, how she does respond with this sort of response of obedience. Um, um, Craig Keener actually ties as a New Testament scholar, he ties uh, her acquiescence to uh, the will of God as um, her sort of living into examples we find in the Old Testament. For instance, uh, Hannah, who is praying for a child, and then Eli, the prophet Eli, tells her she's going to uh, have her prayer answered. And um, she says, may I, your servant, find favor in your sight. And, kind of similar language to what we find here. With and do you think Mary is like a Mary, woman would have known that scripture? Perhaps, um, and would have had in her formation as a Jewish woman uh, these stories uh, that I think would have maybe been at the either at the forefront of her mind or even unconsciously so. She would have had in her sort of discipleship, let's say, or again, her formation, uh, these examples of obedience in the Old Testament, and maybe that is what she starts to draw from in this moment. It's really beautiful. Right. Absolutely. And the angel yeah. kind of cushions, you know, what he's about to say with, you know, I'm here, I, sure. I have a message for you, but I want you to know, like, God loves you. Yeah. He, he favors you. Mm. Like, he's, he sees you, and, and, and he thinks you're great. And, right. you know, I'm here to share something that is amazing. Right. Mm. What I think is interesting um, it says, when she saw him, the angel, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. That's verse 29. Because just before that, the angel says, rejoice, highly favored one. Right. The Lord is with you and blessed are you among women. 
I mean, she's a teenager, she's a kid, and she's not a wealth, like she's one of those outcasts almost in society, not so much so, but she's not one person who would usually be called highly favored. And, um, mm. and it's just this beautiful thing that the first response she has is, why, why are you saying this to me? Who am I that you would talk mm. like this to me? And it's just a start of what Jesus does for everybody, right? Yeah. Like even with his mother, it's not who you would expect it to be. It's true. But another part that I think is really interesting is we see almost a, an identical version of this just before when the angel is talking to Zechariah and saying, you are going to have a child. And he says, well, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man. And then the next story that we read is when the angel says to Mary, you're going to have a child. And she says, well, how can this be since I don't know a man? But of course, the response for Zechariah is he's muted for the remainder of the pregnancy or for the next however many months. And with Mary, it's received differently. And so I was trying to think, well, why would, why would God do that? Why are the two responses differently? I think with Mary, it was softer. And I think what it came down to was this innocence that she approached it with. Mm. Because for her, it wasn't with, well, I've been trying to get pregnant for 20 years and it's not happening. Or the bitterness right. or the jadedness that can come with years of disappointment or years of expecting things that don't happen. But with her, it was just one of those childlike, innocent, how? <laughs> I don't understand. Can you explain this to me? Mm. Um, and she was favored, and she... Well, it's interesting, too, how Luke sets up this contrast between, uh, and Bethany was talking about this, this uh, young woman we might call girl today, uh, maybe it was around the age of 14, and Zechariah, who is a priest, an older priest, within a very elite uh, religious group within the uh, Jewish people. And Luke often does this where he contrasts the behavior of those with status and with particular level of privilege with those who are have less status uh, and are more on the margins of society. And I think that's exactly right here that uh, we find that contrast too at, at play. Uh, and then um, definitely, yeah, her upbringing, I think, is up, up at play here too. And I think especially in terms of her coming from a culture, let's say, that has a history of finding their God, Yahweh, interacting with individuals at a very intimate level. Mm -hmm. uh, that It's sort of an expectation that their God in particular is concerned for the lives of individuals. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's huge. And well, I guess because the next thing is not only does the angel say, hey, you're going to have a baby, yeah. But all of a sudden now, right. by the way, you're going to have the baby. Mm -hmm. baby. Right. right? Because like she would have been well aware yeah. of who, who is yeah. the Messiah. Yeah. Right? So now the angel is really specific here. And he's like, mm -hmm. like the baby you're going to have is one that comes from the lineage of David sitting on his throne in Zion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Right. Like you're, you're going to have the baby. Yeah. So We've she been waiting, waiting for this. <laughs> right, and she knows what that is. It's yeah. not like she had to go research that and who is this Messiah guy. Like yeah. right. the whole Google rhythm of Messiah. life was leading to the Messiah coming. Mm -hmm. So not only is the Messiah coming, now he's coming in you. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with a friend. You can subscribe to the Storyteller series on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast store. For more information, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org. God bless you and Merry Christmas.